change gonna come Oh, yes it will It's been too hard living But I'm afraid to die Cause I don't know what's up there Beyond the sky It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh, yes it will I go to the movie And I go downtown Somebody keep telling me Don't hang around It's been a long Uh, up at the Focus Sun. 
USAHotTalkRadio.com, and he does numerous shows. He's been involved. He also is pride and joy as the Missouri Black Chamber of Commerce, which he's the president and the founder. Are we ready? I guess he has not connected up with them. Well, how's things in St. Louis, uh, Mr. Hunt? Well, uh, Mr. Richardson, St. Louis is a little bit warmer than it was yesterday. Still really cloudy, though. Okay, I think it's the sun is shining bright here, too. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, what else is happening in St. Louis? Why should we be proud of St. Louis, the second largest city in Missouri? Well, uh, in uh, on the uh, lunch with the Missouri Black Chamber of Commerce today, we discussed the... Uh, uh, the massacre in Tulsa a hundred years ago. Okay. So, that was quite interesting. And I understand that uh, Cheyenne Hubbard and her family visit to uh, the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, and she had something to say, and that should be, I've been there too, uh, in uh, Tulsa. And yes, she the did. The Green Wall District. It was quite an interesting discussion. I'm not here. Oh, God, we're ready to go, huh? I thought, I thought Scott and I had to carry the whole show. We'll give you guys an Too. 
and they should be included. And they normally are the people got everything together. And we remember when they first came, they was called, when we talk about as far as the Asian people, they were indentured servants, not the so-called slaves, but they did the same work on when they built the radios, and they said they helped build America too. So with our two distinguished uh, co-hosts, I think we'll get into that with the people they have extended the invitation to. Are we ready, folks? Uh, Judge? I guess the judge, well, we'll go and we can talk. Maybe, the, uh, what's the guy that put out the record? It's a man's world. Maybe we should pass that on. No, uh, James Brown. Oh, you, oh, you get kicked out of the house if you would say that, wouldn't you? No, 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 James Brown was a cousin of one of my previous marriages. Okay. But I'm saying if you would say that verbally, you get kicked out of the house. You heard me. He was 
was also the president of our um, Asian American Bar Association here in Kansas City and the past president of the Vietnamese American Community of Greater Kansas City. Um, and so um, he has uh, been very involved in, in the Kansas City area addressing these issues. So I have Ron Wynn on the line as well. Um, and then the last person we're going to need to get on here is going to be Juwan. Um, and I'll try and text her to have her give us a call, okay? Okay. Uh, speaking to Ron, I have noticed I used to place a lot of Vietnamese uh, into the general tour industry. And now they're youth, the youth are sharp. Well, other youth wouldn't have sharp as far as grades are concerned. But let me ask you this. When... If you, I don't know if you're married or not, Ron, but it seems the wife carries her maiden name and the fellows carry their name. What, how do you distinguish that? You know, honestly, it's an ironic kind of situation. My, my parents uh, both have the same last name, uh, twin, uh, very common Vietnamese last name. So I never really understood it. It wasn't until I started immigration that I, I realized that, yeah, after marriage, a lot of the Vietnamese Americans, uh, the Vietnamese women would keep their name and it, it would never change. So I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, especially because, you know, back in the day, there was a whole viewpoint of Asian being to uh, integrate with the United States and, and, and follow the traditions and so forth. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I ran across a bunch of them. Go ahead. I've got Juwan also joining us on the line. Juwan, can you, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I have Juwan joining us today. She is um, actually the president, um, currently the president of the Asian, uh, the, let me get this right, the um, Asian American Association of Professionals. And I, I got to get your, I apologize, you sent me your information and I just put it under Juan. Uh, but Thank you. 
people need to be aware of and promote some positivity. And when you get done asking your questions, MC, I do have some background on that particular uh, day and um, the enacting uh, of that particular um, um, celebration by the president. I'll probably never get to asking questions, but I will cease that. I just want to know how she acquired the last name of Lopez. Well, I married the last name. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, a, a wonderful uh, a man in my life. Uh, we have been separated, but uh, I I have great respect for him, and we are friends. So, and we have two beautiful children as a result of that marriage. Okay, Jeff. I kept my last name too when I split with my husband, and it worked out well for the family. Well, I do want to give a little bit of information about um, Asian Pacific. They call it Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, but it was basically developed in um, 1978 is when they finally passed it so that they could um, celebrate some of the um, contributions that Asian Americans have provided to the United States. And um, at this point in time, there is a supposedly are close to about 23 million Asian Americans in the United States. That number is supposed to increase to 46 million by 2060. To put things in perspective, according to the statistics I got, which may be a little bit out of date, 2018, it says that they were about 5.4% of the U.S. population, and they're actually growing, um, the fastest growing group of um, minorities that we have in the United States. They're going to make up uh, the highest uh, minority group pretty soon. They're going to be passing up Hispanic um, as far as the growth is concerned. So uh, we have a lot of contributions and a lot of wonderful things that they're going to continue to contribute to um, to the, uh, the country here. They're going to make up 36 percent of all immigrants by 2055. And then just another uh, real interesting tip, a real interesting uh, statistic that I saw that there's foraging groups that make up about 85% of all Asian Americans here in the United States. Chinese rings being the largest group in Indian, Filipino, Korean, Vietnamese, and Japanese. So I just wanted to give a little bit of history um, or information as far as the makeup of um, the Asian American population here in the United States. Uh, and then another thing that was interesting to me, and I'll let you guys talk about any history that you want to talk about as well, but a lot of people don't understand that Asian Americans have been in this country for years, for, 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 for centuries. Um, they came back in, in, in the 1600s is when they first came, some Filipinos came in the 1600s uh, to uh, the United States, and they have been coming ever since then. And so people think that a lot of immigrants uh, a lot of Chinese or Asian American or Pacific Islander immigrants have been a thing that has just started in the recent uh, last century, and that's completely untrue. Um, and they've been coming here longer than a lot of these other uh, immigrant groups that have assimilated into the United States have. So I just wanted to give each person a opportunity to talk about themselves, what they do, and some of the things that they have been working on to contribute to the the community that they're in, and then talk about any um, ideas about American Heritage, um, Pacific Islander, and, and Asian Pacific Heritage Month, or ideas or issues that you guys wanted to bring forth as far as the show is concerned, if that's okay.
stay with you, MC. Okay. All right. So we'll go ahead and start with um, Ms. Lopez. Ms. Lopez, if you wanted to uh, give uh, any additional information about yourself, talk about some things that you are working on as an Asian American individual to um, promote your um, organization here in Kansas City um, or, you know, work on some issues that you guys have been struggling with or addressing in the community, um, I'd like you to be able to share that with, the, with our audience. Well, first I'd like to say that I am an ally. Uh, I am a, a Caucasian woman, uh, but I strongly believe in um, people helping people, that we all work together because we're in the same human race. And um, I say my journey to Asia started with my daughter, who in the third grade fell in love with Japan and started teaching herself Japanese. So I realized then that I knew very little about Asia and sought out community uh, events to take my children to. I wanted them to see that it's a beautiful world, uh, different cultures and different ideas and um, to me, there's two types of people, good people, and those that choose not to be good. And so I, I, I just really promoted um, accepting others and working together, and I realized then that I needed to learn more about Asia. I worked at Hallmark Cards at the time. We had an employee resource group that I joined, um, the Asian American Resource Community at Hallmark, and... I started my journey and enriching my own life with friendships and um, just projects and trying to amplify the Asian American voice. Um, Hallmark sponsored the National Association of Asian American Professionals, the Kansas City chapter. So I joined the nonprofit organization and became very involved with the board um, and then voted voted president. So. Um, what we're trying to do is um, help those in a career path, promote professional development, and, and we provide programs and um, events for networking and uh, ways and opportunities for um, the Asian American community to be engaged in um, development, um, whether that be soft skills or professional development and maybe uh, promoting themselves at work. So right now we have what's called the Matt Casey cohort. We've been starting a new um, series of, of that opportunity. So folks are sure welcome to join. Uh, one thing I love about this group, obviously, is inclusive. Um, they they embrace me as, as, as a white woman and um, empowers me to, to lift them up and and. Um, it's just been a beautiful experience for me. I, I would just, I would just like to say that. And I also learned um, by by being involved on um, the intersectionality of the Asian American community. Up to your point that um, the the Asian American has been in the USA for uh, centuries is correct. And I re I watched a documentary on the Chinese that helped build our railroad across our nation, I mean, years ago, and, and um, how they've been involved uh, with the black community. Um, there is this very unique 
Katsuyama, who was an activist friend with Malcolm X, and there as an activist, uh, working um, in the black community and and raising her voice because, truthfully, we all have to work together. And um, I also like um, Bruce Lee and and the, his his solidarity with the black community and and how they embrace one another and work together. Um, I think about the military, and in my experience, we brought a speaker from the Navy, Lieutenant Diana Tranu, who shared her story as a Vietnamese refugee uh, coming here, and so grateful and appreciative of her freedom, dedicated her life to the military. And just the 442nd, it's just so amazing. Um, the, in the World War II, that was all Japanese that, that, that fought in the war. And the LGBT community, where we've got George Kay or M. Butterfly, contributions there, um, issues at the women that are in the Asian community and how that they, even here locally, um, Zhao Zhao Shen, who is with a Channel 41 News anchor, and now she's an advisor on, on our board. So, um, there's a lot of ways you can look, even if you look at the industry, medically, how the, uh, the Asian American community has contributed. Here in Kansas City, we have the Filipino Association of Nurses, and I know I know Dr. Thoreau was my son's doctor, and very involved with the Filipino community. Um, I know about the Society of Asian Scientists and Engineers, SAGE, where um, they come together and work on for young professionals in those fields, the STEM fields. We've got entertainment, television on. Of course, you can't forget crazy rich Asians that just took place. So, that was a good idea. The Asian American community has been representation across our country and um, very, very main fabric to what, what our country has done and accomplished. And that's a wonderful uh, expansion of, uh, or at least a list of a lot of contributions that people have, or that Asian Americans have contributed to the community. And I misspoke earlier when I said 1600. Actually, the first Asians documented in the Americas came in 1587. Uh, there were some Filipinos that landed in California, and then from 1898 to 1946, there were Filipino individuals that came into America. So that's the Philippine uh, Islands for a little bit of time. And then um, there were Indians that came to Jamestown in 1778, a U.S. annex Hawaii in 1788. And then there were also a Japanese that came into Hawaii in 1806, and the Koreans that came in 1884. So they have been here for generations to contribute to the country. Um, and actually, there was kind of a, a sad period of time when there came a lot of individuals to, with the gold rush and the Intercontinental Race, uh, Railroad building. That's when a lot of immigrants came from, like, China and other countries to help build the railroad. That's when uh, there was a recognition of uh, people believing that that's when they started to come over, which is not true. And there were a lot of laws that were passed that were unfortunate against just Asian Americans and not other uh, immigrants to the country. So, but at this time, I do want um, also, I've got Judy Graper on here, who again, I said is an attorney in St. Louis. Uh, that's your area of the woods, uh, Iowa. And uh, she's also a, um, 
she's also done a lot of things not only in St. Louis, but she's also done some things in Korea. Uh, and at, as I had mentioned earlier, has been an emissary for the United States to um, Korea. Um, and so, Judy, I want you to be able to talk a little bit about your background and then also uh, to discuss a little bit about what you are working on uh, to promote um, Asian American um, issues here in, in St. Louis in the United States. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, I, I do want to thank Judge Peterson and Ira, who I'm just getting um, to meet, for uh, I could be <laughs> to be part of this discussion, and I really appreciated Ms. Lopez's uh, comments and being, you know, in another uh, ethnic group to uh, have such a, 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 a loving interest in Asian Americans and Asia, so, you know, thank you for that. Um, well, uh, and of course, this uh, uh, Asian American Pacific Islands Heritage Month. In the month of May, and you may or may not already know this, but the reason why uh, we're, it's in the month of May because it's commemorating the first Japanese immigration on May 7th of 1843, and as was stated earlier, uh, the completion actually of the Transcontinental Railroad by over 20,000 Asian immigrants on May 5th. So that's uh, why we're in the month of May. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, that uh, you know, those who don't know, Martina's the only one that, that knows me. But I was born in Seoul, Korea, uh, during the cleanup effort of the uh, Korean War to a Korean woman and an African American uh, father. And um, I came to the United States when I was about six years old, uh, my sister and myself and, and my family, and um, when I got to the United States, of course, you know, uh, I, I only spoke Korean, so I, I learned English, and then as I started to learn English, I refused to speak Korean because the children were making fun of the way, you know, my funny talk and all of that, and so even though my mother would literally beat me to try to make me speak Korean, I flatly refused and said, I want to be an American and I'm not going to speak Korean anymore, which is to my detriment because when I was appointed honorary ambassador for the Republic of Korea in St. Louis in 2011, uh, the Korean ambassador said, you know, I'm really disappointed in you that you don't speak Korean, uh, which, which means that if I had been bilingual, I probably could do a lot more in terms of connecting Korea with, um, in my case, it would be St. Louis. Um, so, uh, I'm um, the first judge of Asian descent in the state of Missouri, and that was in 2004. And then in the year 2000, I um, co-founded the Missouri Asian American Bar Association. And uh, then Kansas City, we helped Kansas City form one, so that's why Kansas City has its Asian bar. And um, I uh, am also... Um, very active with uh, NAPABA, uh, that's the um, National Asian American Pacific Islander uh, American Bar Association, and I was vice president of the Judicial Council. Um, so, you know, I, I guess being biracial and being, um, you know, black and Asian, I have had many opportunities to experience um, you know, prejudice from all sides, and it was always 
my hope to use who I was as a person to bring those two entities together, which is why I helped to form MABA back in 2000. Um, and, you know, some of the things that we're doing now recently, as a couple of months ago, when the uh, Korean women, uh, Asian women were, were killed uh, in Atlanta, there's um, the helping the black community and the Asian community form a coalition, which was uh, recently done, um, I think it was the end of February, beginning of uh, March of this year. So that is ongoing, and it's, it's developing, and we've uh, held a vigil and uh, have held meetings, and now we're going to have certain action plans to, you know, educate and our communities about our cultural differences and how uh, we can uh, work together. So, um, you know, I could say a lot more, but I'd rather just answer questions. Um, and I just want to tell you that, you know, I, I thank you for this opportunity. I think it's a great thing that Martina uh, and uh, Ira are doing because part of us, I think, uh, accepting people who are not like you is to have these kinds of forums where you're discussing uh, the differences and the contributions uh, as well as um, uh, why we, we sometimes fear one another. And to just give you a quick example, when the African Americans and uh, Asians got together in one room uh, recently, you know, some of the African Americans said, you know, I don't know really one Asian person. I don't know, you know, I don't have any Asian friends. I just don't know. Uh, and that's, I think, part of uh, the reason why we should be doing what, what we're doing today, because people do have a lot of false notions about, you know, a, a lot of minorities. But most, most recently, I think Asians have come up because of, of, of the COVID incident. But as was stated earlier, the Chinese Exclusion Act, the Japanese internment, those things, have, the anti-Asian sentiment uh, has been going on, you know, since um, uh, the 1800s. So we see now that those prejudices have not gone away with respect to, you know, immigrants that have come to this country. So hopefully, you know, the Japanese, uh, not Japanese, but Asian Americans, um, will be in line with other ethnicities, um, like the Strassen Fest we had in St. Louis, the uh, German Americans, uh, Italian Americans, the Greek festival. You know, they're all, you know, this, this country is made up of immigrants, uh, whether we acknowledge it or not. And um, as Martina stated, in the very near future, this country is going to be absolutely 100% multicultural. And Asians are the fastest growing minority in the country. So um, it's, it's a pleasure to be with everybody today. And uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, giving me an opportunity to speak. Well, thank you, Judy. Um, I do want Ron to be able to introduce himself real quick, and then we'll probably ask you guys some questions to see you know, if you want to uh, talk about some issues that are uh, affecting Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders um, in the country today. Ron, I've got Ron Wynn on the phone who owns his own law firm. I've known Ron for years. He's been very active in the community and very supportive about all of the things that I've asked him to do over the years. So, Ron, I appreciate you coming on today. 
give a little bit of background about you and your firm and then anything that you want to talk about as far as um, the community is concerned. Ron also was the president of the um, Asian Bar here in Kansas City. I know that you, you helped us. Uh, you helped him uh, help the organization get uh, situated here in, in Kansas City, and Ron was a, uh, a beneficiary of that. So, Ron, if you want to give us a little bit of background information and some things that you guys were working on. Yes, thank you so much. Um, thank you, Ira, for the invitation as well. So, uh, my name is Ron Lynn. I'm a Vietnamese American. My friend came as refugees from Vietnam. Uh, they were both people after the fall of Saigon. Uh, they came over here, you know. You know, kind of push the American dream onto all of us as children. I have three older brothers, uh, and so, you know, they were pushed into doctors, lawyers, that kind of whole uh, deal. Uh, but, you know, once I became a lawyer, I, I started getting active in the community in Kansas City. Uh, I've, as Judge Peterson has indicated, I was part of the Asian Rights Process in Kansas City, uh, past present, uh, helped out when. Uh, uh, judges are dedicated when we have the National uh, Asian uh, National Asian Pacific American Bar Association uh, convention here in Kansas City, uh, which was a great success. Um, I helped out with the Vietnamese American community of Greater Kansas City. I was president uh, of that organization as well. I served on the board for many years as well. Um, for that organization, we've done many things like provide flu shots, cultural events, uh, COVID uh, vaccinations for the community. Uh, for the Asian Bar, obviously, we've helped to work with increased diversity. You know, it's great to hear of Judge Paper, you know, and how she was the first Asian uh, in Missouri. And it's very inspiring uh, to hear these kinds of things. And if you even think about it, the, uh, the representation in the bar and in the bench uh, is not as much as we would hope it to be, and that's what the Asian American Bar Association to be, obviously, Mala uh, is doing as well to promote the diversity over there. Um, I've also assisted in maps as well, so I'm familiar with Q-Man, um, and then obviously uh, we can work with Natapa as well. It's just like, great to see an increase in diversity and inclusion of Asian American in Kansas City. Um, the KCPB has been reaching out to the American community to help facilitate communication, you know, after the whole situation of the uh, attacks on Asian Americans and so. Um, it, it kind of goes to the aspect of what people view Asian Americans to be, you know, we're supposed to keep our head down, assimilate, be, be part of the community, um, and, you know, kind of hurts to some extent, uh, but it, it helps, you know, helps us be viewed as a quote-unquote model, you know, minority, um, but it, it's also hurtful because, you know, a lack of, of a voice, and that's kind of the bad part that I feel. Uh, that needs to be changed, and I hope that, you know, this heritage month will help push for people to see the uh, Asian American voice. Well, thank you for being online. Now, MC is our host today for this show. MC, did you have any questions for our guests that you wanted to start with? Well, first, I'll just think about uh, the vice president of the, these United States, uh, Asian and Jamaican descent, um, Kamala. Uh, Harris, and she also, they probably brag a uh about Howard University, but she is tremendous in this, and really is the one, the first lady besides Jill uh, Braden, who was in Kansas City uh, yesterday, when they were 
distinguishing or making the, uh, the Penn Valley Community College into one of their best or new location to get the vaccine. And I want to know to our guests on the, on the show today, how many have already had their shots? And the other thing is the importance of being not only to get to be a registered voter, but to vote. That they're trying to eliminate uh, people of color and whatever from voting because they know the power of the vote. That one vote that you may cast could be the determining factor on how fast we progress in these United States and the world. Does anybody want to take a stab at that question? Well, this is um, Julian Lopez, and first I would like to say hi, Ron. Uh, Ron has been involved with that Kansas City uh, longer than I have, and um, I lean on him for uh, legal questions and advice. So um, thank you, Ron, for, for your support. I really super appreciate it. And to answer your question, um, yes, I've been vaccinated. And yes, Napkin is pretty serious about the census, about voting. Um, COVID kind of uh, put us in the tailspin of getting information out. But we did our best to make sure that everyone in our membership um, knew, knew places to vote, knew where they could go, knew, knew about candidates. We sent out census information uh, to, to inform people. We collaborated uh, with other uh, community partners here to, to be sure that we were doing our part to um, amplify the Asian American community voice. And also, um, it's very important what you said, sir, that, um, that our voice be heard. Um, that, that everyone has their opportunity to speak up. This is our America. This belongs to all of us. And um, I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought here thinking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and it belongs to all of us. If I could jump in and just, first of all, uh, let you know that I am a Howard Law grad, a very proud Howard of Brad, um, uh, just like um, uh, Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris. And so um, my husband, George uh, Draper, is the Chief Justice of the um, Missouri Supreme Court, uh, and my daughter is a, a young prosecutor uh, here under Wesley Bell, and my uh, entire household uh, has been fully vaccinated. And um, I did mention that I'm also on the board of the Vietnamese um, community and uh, has helped with um, getting the elderly, uh, you know, uh, vaccinated and, you know, getting communication uh, to them. So, um, and I do appreciate what I think Ron had to say about the, the model minority. And that's something that Asians, um, you know, I don't know whether it's because of the humility that Asians are supposed to practice or what have you, but we do typically tend to have a... Um, you know, a soft voice, and we put our heads down, and, and all of that, and that is what, part of what I may have learned from my mother, but I'm also black, so I have, 
I, I have the dubious distinction of, of, of having those qualities and, and, and have learned that when you are outspoken as a minority, you do get knocked down a lot, whereas the, the Asian uh, 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 population doesn't want to get knocked down. They don't want to be noticed. They just want to work hard and uh, you know, not cause trouble, uh, if you will. But this young, younger generation, because I'm in my 60s, this younger generation is coming up. They're, they're not having it, and they're speaking out, and I'm really proud of them for doing that. Ron, do you want to have any uh, say-so on that question? Yeah, so I think everything, you know, I think it's really great as well, but to, to be able to see a vice president that's Asian or of Asian descent. You know, I never thought I'd see the day where that, that would happen, or even a, you know, a present hopefully one day, you know, uh, but it, it's that kind of change that's inspiring that, you know, I'll be honest, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to become a publisher, and, and I'm going to do this, and I never thought I could ever get that far, but seeing how it's been done, it's inspiring to see, oh, well, you can't limit yourself, you just keep going forward and doing good things, and, and things could happen. Um, as for uh, shop, yes, I, I am vaccinated. And I, I think it's important for people to see that it's not a bad thing to, to get. Um, it's ironic, though, because I, I feel like nowadays, especially being Asian, or with the um, you know, my, my my look uh, of being Asian, it's hard. I feel weird, like coughing or sneezing in public. Even with the mask on, I feel like people are going to give me weird looks or, or like get weird or get kind of. So that's kind of one of the things, you know, I'm, I've been trying to, trying to overcome because it's, you know, the natural action, even if you just try not to talk to someone else, or uh, I just want perceptions that people have of, you know, Asians and, and COVID and so forth. Uh, as for voting, I, you know, I think it's significantly important to, to, be, to be, you know, keep everyone to have their the right to voice their opinion and, and the fact that you need to have that. I mean, as Judge Faber indicated, I think that it's something that's happening more with the young community, which I, I do agree with, and I think that it's great. And these are the things that are going to help shift the, you know, shift the, the, the world and, and make it into something that you know, I'm gonna, hopefully my children will feel comfortable living in, that, that they don't have to be the quote-unquote model minority. Uh, not saying it's not be the model minority, but it's also the big odds that we have to like that. You always have to act a certain way and you can't be almost to the extent true who you want to be. You have to put up a, a mask to be accepted. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that issue if, if you're comfortable talking about that for a minute because there have been some specific things particularly targeted or directed towards um, Asian Americans. In 1870, Congress passed a law that made Asian immigrants the only race group from naturalization into the United States citizenship. And then um, in 1882, there was the Chinese Exclusion Act that suspended immigration of Chinese laborers for 10 years. And that was extended and eventually lifted in only 1943. There was also the uh, Japanese in internment camps that happened uh, during the war uh, back in the day. And then you know, now I came to the point where the president felt that he had to, and the legislature felt that they had to initiate a protection act just for Asian Americans, the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act, because of all of the violence directed towards Asian 
Asian Americans um, for something that not all Asian Americans had anything to do with. Uh, you know, and so I guess my question is, you know, because we've had a lot of discussions on black issues and, you know, racism and, you know, uh, other problems of, of being, you know, killed in police brutality. Um, and I don't know that Asian Americans have the same problem with police brutality as much as African Americans do, but you guys are seeming to now because of the COVID, the escape joke. minorities, and just, you know, we're, 
we've been outnumbered for so long by the majority. And, you know, I can't explain the sociology or the psychology of that. Uh, but I think that is the crux of, of the problem, uh, is, is the numbers, which is why in the year 2030, the, the United States will be 100% multicultural. So the uh, white male, if you will, will no longer be the, um, uh, the dominating uh, uh, group in this country. But that brings me to another issue, is that if we don't educate our people, all people, so that they have a chance to perform in government or the arts or, or what have you, if we don't improve our schools, even though we're going to, uh, the multicultural group is going to comprise the majority, we will not be comprising the majority of the power because we may not have the education, the opportunities, the skills, etc. So it's sort of an economic, you know, class. And I may be going way out there not answering your questions like, like I, I should. Um, but, you know, the anti-Asian sentiment, I, I don't know how it's, it, it, not why or how, but I can tell you that uh, even as a kid, in Sacramento, California, my mother and I used to walk to the grocery store. And here she is, obviously, you know, an Asian woman, and then she's holding the hand of a brown child, you know. And people do rocks at us. Do rocks at us as we were walking to the grocery store that hit us and said, go back to China. Go back to China, you think. Go back to, you know. I mean, you know, we were Koreans, but, you know, uh, that, that was there. And that was in the 60s in Sacramento, California. So that was happened. And then in St. Louis, Missouri, when I was up for retention on an election at one of the local high schools, they were trying to put me out of office. One of the sociology teachers um, in 10th grade class put my picture on the, on, from the internet, and this particular picture, I look more Asian, um, and put it up and said, you know, you need to go home and tell your parents not to vote for this woman uh, because she's not a good judge. But, and that's not the point I'm trying to make, but one of the boys raised his hand and said, he needs to go back to China. Now, where are they getting this from? So I'm, you know, um, I, I guess I'm, uh, this, this, this racism or prejudice against people who aren't like the majority is, is the evil that we have to figure out how we can reconcile in a positive way. And I think what an opportunity, it's a sad opportunity that COVID, you know, has brought this out against uh, uh, Asian Americans. But I think that in our country, we look to see who can we blame for whatever ill there is. And um, I'm not going to say anything about a president because I'm, I'm not supposed to be political judge. But anyway, enough said. When you're not just honorable, I can be somewhat political for you. Uh, okay, I think one of the things that uh, unfortunately we all found out that in our country, our political system uh, you know, uh, controls who we are. When we all voted back in November, uh, an example is that we all voted, whatever party we voted for, nobody ever voted for uh, the something called. Uh, you know, the filibuster. And now we're controlling the government, how our rights are being 
make any other comments um, after Judy, Ron, or John? Do you want to um, make any comments about that subject? Sure, I'm happy to. Um, you know, kind of similar to uh, to Draper's uh, viewpoint as a child. You know, growing up in the 1990s, I was from Naperville, Illinois, outside uh, of Chicago, and I remember they called me Charlie. You know, born in South Asian. Uh, it's you know ironic because I never knew what that meant at the time. I, I was I, I didn't have any idea to it. You know, he did say the same thing. Go back to China. I remember going back home. Uh, to my mom, and I'm like, Mom, am I allowed to be here? And she had to, like, talk to me and say, Ron, you, you were born here. Like, you have a, a right to be here. Uh, my parents came to refugees, so they, you know, they, go, they had to go through the naturalization process, which, being an immigration lawyer, I've learned to appreciate further, and that's why I love helping my clients do that. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, a lot of, you know, at the time, I was, I had an identity crisis. I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. Um, and luckily, I haven't faced any of these issues in Kansas City, and I think that's a great portion of Kansas City. And when I've been in the St. Louis, I've never faced that issue as well. Um, but, you know, think of what, you know, what happened in Atlanta, and then the need for that to actually, the reason why we have to have these, you know, hate crimes, uh, at the hate crime at the Asians, which, you know, people would think, oh, you don't really need that because Asians are a model minority and don't really hate Asian, but you know, the fact of the matter that the guys like, oh, I was sexually frustrated, and and that was the cause for me to, to act out and, and do the way and be like, oh, you're just having a bad day. It's like, no, you look at the trend, it, you know, majority of the people that, that were killed were minorities and especially Asian. So it's like, you can, you can say something, but it, you know, call it a duck, call me, but it, it's not a duck. You know, you can say it's, it's a duck all day, but that's, that's a situation that we're faced with. So it's really, it's bad that we need this protection, but it, it's good to see that it, it, was, it was actually start. Okay, John, do you have anything you want to add? I guess that I would just say, I, I, I just, I, I want to say that um, no one should be treated less than. I, I know... I moved from a very small town, North Cater, Kansas, to the big city, Kansas City. And the kids in the fifth grade told me, go back to the country, you fucking. And I did feel less than. And I, I relate in that way to how my Asian American friends have been treated. Because you have every right to be here you have every right to be a human being and authentically be yourself. And so that's why I'm so passionate about Napkins City. I want to help elevate professionals that their voice, whether it be in government, whether it be in the medical um, industry, that whether it's a scientist or a, an actor, that you have all the confidence and all the resources that are, are available to you to better yourself and, and to put yourself out there and make a difference. And I believe, for goodness sake, that we can help each other. There is enough for all of us to be able to do that. It's just helping one another navigate. And one other thing I'm, I'm trying to promote, and actually um, after the incident in Atlanta, Napalanta 